0: On November 21st, 1987, Karina Malinowski disappeared from Mount Holly, South Carolina. She is never seen again. But even more mysterious, almost one year later, her daughter disappears from the same exact spot. You're listening to the Mysterious Brews Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Karina Malinowski and Annette Sagers.
1: Deep, dark, dank, moist, basement located in the bowels of Georgia. Sitting across from me is the man that's never met a pizza he didn't consume. <laughs> I, I used to say I was into fitness. Fitness, fitness whole, whole pizza, whole pizza in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> The one and only Cool. Uh, staring down a whole week off and some turkey day coming up bro i'm so ready dude we
0: my school we had two days off in september and And then we've been here the rest chugging and plugging baby eight like almost freaking seven straight weeks it's like give me a break all i want to do is zoom zoom
1: zoom (laughs) zoom in the boom boom
0: (laughs) just shake the (laughs) rope The only thing I want out of my life is just to be able to sleep in. I know, that's once me. Once or twice. <laughs> just once. I don't want my alarm to go off at <laughs> 4 o'clock in the fucking morning. Dude, my, wife, my my life is so busy, it's ridiculous. But, I don't know when you'll hear this, but when, just know that on November 25th, Monday, November 25th, I will have the pleasure of sleeping in while my wife gets ready for work. There's no better sleep than that.
1: No, there's not. Knowing that you don't have to yeah, get
0: up when you when you're what wo- you're awoken by another person's alarm,
1: and then realize it's not your
0: and you hear them shut it off. That's the greatest sleep of all time. So, <sighs> so I'm I'm only I'm only two short days away from that. So,
1: I can't wait. Well, today's Beer of the Week is from South Carolina, and it is the Island Coastal Lager. South
0: Carolina, what, 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 what?
1: Well, the good thing about it is... We actually can get it the right down the actually, street.
0: Yeah, it's, it's sold less than a mile away from here, so we don't need Kylie and her
1: bullshit. Yes, right, Kylie. We don't need your bullshit right before Thanksgiving. You just stay over there with Meth Mouth Judy. But... <laughs> Island Coastal Lager is a easy drinking, and I would like to say, before I even decided where it was from, it is a beach beer. I mean, it is one that you just pile a, a cooler slap full and drink it all day. As you would say, it's a good grass-cutting beer. Yeah, man.
0: Which is odd. I, I, the, the weather
1: around here has changed.
0: A few weeks ago, it was damn near 20 degrees, and now it's 60, which is... I mean, I'll take 60 over 100. Yes. But I want some snow,
1: man. I do too. Is that so much to ask? And no, not really. It's not. But if you do like a good American lager, try Island Coastal Lager. It is easy drinking, It get and No, easier. no it, <laughs> it, it goes down like water, to be honest with you, and that is not a good thing in the in the basement. <laughs> All right, so... Coach alluded to it in our opening. We are dealing with a odd one this week. It is the weird and wacky case of Karina Malinowski and her daughter, and they go missing exactly. Well, not exactly, but approximately one year apart. The, know, daughter's-
0: the, do- the The mother disappears in November, and 11 months later in October... The
1: daughter goes missing, but
0: they go missing from the
1: same exact spot. Yes, and it's extremely weird. So on November 21st, 1987, at approximately 11 p.m., 26-year-old Karina Malinowski left her home after having a fight with her husband, Stephen, who goes by Steve sometimes. She got in her car and went for a drive to calm down. The next morning... Karina's boss is worried because she did not show for work which is highly unusual for her so the boss went looking for Karina and soon found her car outside of the entrance to the neighborhood which is basically a 6,000 acre plantation where her and her husband and their three kids lived. Now depending on which news article you read The car was found with the doors open, but there was no signs of a struggle. Other news articles that you read report that the car was found with the doors closed. Again, it leads to some conjecture there. We will get into some theories later that, you know, if they were found with the doors open that's a lot stranger than if it was just buttoned up. Now approximately 11 months later. Around 7 a.m., Karina's daughter, and this was not Steve's daughter. This was Karina's daughter from a previous marriage. Her name was Le- was Annette, and she was 11, year o- 11 years old, and she was waiting for the school bus with her dog. The bus stop was right outside of the entrance to the plantation, basically the same exact spot where her mother had disappeared. After Annette failed to show up at home after school that day, her father states that he goes and looks for her and looks at the bus stop and finds a note. And it was written in Annette's handwriting, and it states, and I quote, Dad, comma, Mama came back, give the boys a hug, and Annette has never been seen again. But, unlike Karina, according to some family members, she has been heard from since that day. Really? Yes, sir. I didn't hear that. So, we'll get into a little bit of background. Karina Lynn Sagers Malinowski had her first child when she was 16 years old, and that is Annette Deanne Sagers. So, by the time Karina is 26, she had married Stephen Malinowski, and the two had two two more kids. Those were both boys, Thomas and James. Karina and Stephen's relationship, however, was extremely volatile. And they regularly had fights. They lived in Mount Holly Plantation, South Carolina where Stephen was a caretaker. And from what I could gather in my research, he's basically he just oversees the grounds. He's not a landscaper per se, but he kind of just makes sure everything is taken care of.
0: Was a huge property,
1: right? Yeah, six thousand acres. Yeah, you can't mow that. No. So the family <laughs> he who he worked for let him live in a cabin, basically for free. And so Karina would work at a convenience store in the nearby town of Somerville, not to be cl- confused with the Toodaloo's Somerville, but this is Somerville, <laughs> South Carolina. Oh, my
0: God. If anyone listening gets that reference, that means they are OGs,
1: and we That's appreciate right. it. We Shout out appreciate, to you
0: yep. Yeah.
1: Shout out to the OGs if out there. If you're still with us, and I, did, I will say that I did talk to someone today that was has been with us since episode one, and she did state, y'all were about to kill my eardrums, but you finally figured out how to e- edit. And I thanked her for sticking it Man, with Man, if... Uh, <laughs> If you made it past the glitter episode, then <laughs> yeah. well, God love you. Yeah, that's right. God love you. Now, getting into a little bit of Stephen's background, Stephen had been married twice before and had a daughter from each of those marriages. However, he claims, and I don't mean to make light of this, and I apologize for laughing, but he claims his that his first wife and daughter had died in a hi- in a fire. Stephen also has an extreme drug addiction. Anything he can get his hands on, he's either snorting, smoking, or popping. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he he's a nice one. Um Annette was a sixth grader at Westview Middle School. And her teacher, at that time, characterized her as very unhappy and very shy. We can get into some of the theories later, but let's get into... Some things that... We're already done with the case? Yeah, basically. Jesus. Basically, there's this not... Should, re- this
0: should have been a mini-sale.
1: Hey uh, this should have been a macro, man. Basically, there's not a whole lot to do with Karina's disappearance. Basically, the... And he doesn't report her missing. It's her boss or coworker that realizes she's not shown up to her shift at the convenience store... And he goes looking for her and finds her car. Well, if that's not a red flag, then I, I must be colorblind. Yeah, cause... exactly. And then basically, there's nothing left. I mean, no. I mean, I know that police and law enforcement did their due diligence, but there's no other information out there about Karina's disappearance, anything.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of trouble finding stuff in my research as well.
1: Because everybody's
0: going to focus on the daughter.
1: Yes. Now, you're looking at a situation where Annette doesn't know her biological father. And so she only knows Stephen as her dad. Now, there is a lot of discussion on some message boards, Reddit, and WebSleuths as to whether or not she called him dad. And we'll get into that later. But her mother has gotten into a fight with Stephen and it is documented by law enforcement that she hit him in the head with a frying pan and knocked his nice. ass slap out. That's some old school country fighting right there. That buddy. is. going to sass me, I'm going <laughs> to hit you with a frying pan.
0: <laughs> That's some Beverly Hillbillies type right. shit
1: right there. Now, there is a little bit of headway on the case... There was two new detectives that were given this cold case, and they were uh, Lieutenant Dean Kokinda and Detective Daryl Lewis. And they reopened the county's biggest cold case mystery of these two ladies. They want to make sure that everybody understands that they've been working tirelessly to find out what has gone on. But since there's so much time that has gone by and a lot of the family members have just passed away from old age, it is something that is extremely painstaking. The property, like we stated, is 6,000 acres. It was a private plantation. And depending on who you talk to, there was a lot of domestic violence in that house. Now, domestic violence can be characterized as... Domestic abuse, or it just could be some loud arguing. Either way, you've got an 11-year-old young lady in well, that most, house and most two new boys. Domestic abuse
0: is not going to be reported if it's just screaming and hollering. I'm, I'm of the, the idea that it's definitely going to be physical in most cases.
1: Now, supposedly, according to Lieutenant Kokinda, the night or the next day after she went missing that her boss got concerned and walked to their house and asked where Karina is. And Stephen had stated that they had a fight last night and she left and he doesn't know where he's at. And so that's when the boss reports her missing, not her husband. And police were called in. They searched the grounds, but they never got anything. They only found her car abandoned at the front of the property. There was no sign of Karina anywhere. Lieutenant Kokinda did state that Steve is a person of interest. He did take a polygraph at the time, but the results were inconclusive. Now let's pause there for a second. I'm not condoning violence. I'm not condoning crime at all, but there's nothing good that can come out of you taking a polygraph test, whether you're innocent or whether you're guilty. Because there's plenty of cases out there where innocent people have taken a polygraph test and have passed it, but the police tell them, oh, you failed it, so you need to confess to your crimes. And then they ha- they have them in the interview room for eight, nine hours, and they beat them down to where they have a false accusation. So, if you're ever accused of something, don't you dare take a polygraph test, because no. there's nothing good that can come of it. Absolutely
0: not. I mean, if you pass it, they're
1: it's not inadmiss- going to tell you
0: it's inadmissible at court anyway. But if you fail it, it makes you look just horrible. Right now, so yeah, don't
1: don't do it. In the article that we will post that references this new team that is looking into this case, they said that from the date that Karina went missing. To the date that Annette went missing was 318 days. And both of them, I mean, to be honest with you, both of them, it's like they just opened the door, walked out of the house, and was never seen again. She was, like we stated before, she was a sixth grader. Multiple people did spot her walking towards the bus stop and sitting at the bus stop waiting on the bus but when the bus driver pulled up there was no bond no one no No bond bond. no bond medicated powder no bond (laughs) (laughs) when she pulled up there was no one at the bus stop there are a lot of people that were classmates with Annette that have you know spoken up and state that they were either A on the bus and just thought she was sick and then some classmates thought she was sick and then the next thing they know you know they find out that she has gone missing in 1988 some of annette's classmates went out through the community with their parents and put up missing person flyers for annette and really did a lot to find this young lady Depending on, again, where you find your information, it states that either the note had dad, mom came back, give the boys hugs and kisses, but then there's another one that states that the note actually read, dad, mom came back, I have to go with her, give the boys lots of kisses and hugs, and also you two love Annette. There's a big difference.
0: Well, it doesn't really matter. What exactly the note said, but what is true is that it was determined by comparison that it is her handwriting. Yes. It is. Whoever is a handwriting expert has determined that beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is her handwriting. Now, whether or not it was written in duress or she was forced... They cannot say, but they
1: are leaning toward that theory. Right. And the detectives state that they feel strongly that both mother and daughter never left the 6,000 acres. Sheriff of the county, and his name is Dwayne Lewis, states that we don't have any bodies and we don't have any information that leads us to believe that they are still alive. Uh, Lieutenant Kokinda stated... That he has reached out to the College of Charleston and they're trying to come up with a mathematical equation to look at higher probabilities of of locations on the 6,000 acres where you would or think to find something or it looks like some earth has been disturbed uh, based on topography and stuff like that. Um, At the time of the article that I'm referencing, the the College of Charleston had not come up with all of that information and had stated to them that it may take six months or more to develop a search pattern. And they were hoping to narrow that 6,000 acres down to at, at least a minimum of 100, which is an actual doable search. That's still a sh- shit ton of area to cover, but in comparison to six thousand, it's a lot more manageable. But you're looking at 100 acre- a hundred acres. I got one damn new tons this week, but you're looking at a hundred acres to search. I mean, that's intense. A little bit of time had passed. I want to say it was in. I can't. I don't know if the date's right or wrong, but somebody around two thousand one. 2003 maybe as late as 2013 had called in and, and said it was an anonymous call and told police that you know look in this area and so they did they come out there with cadaver dogs and search dogs and a search team and they couldn't find anything and it was a a huge effort to try to see if they could find something at the location the anonymous caller had stated Um, The sheriff had stated in this article, I remain very optimistic that my detectives will solve this case. And he said, you know, like any other uh, law enforcement in the media, you know, it only takes that one piece of evidence to break the case wide open. One thing that is weird is that within a month of... Annette's disappearance, Steve takes his two sons and moves to Florida.
0: That's uh,
1: another red flag. Another that's, what the fuck. It's a very
0: strange uh, action, if you ask me. I mean, does he leave a forwarding address with the police? Probably not. What if his daughter comes back? I mean, this is.
1: Yeah, in a lot of cases. A very where, suspicious action, yes, a lot if of, you ask me. A lot of people, and if you look at a lot of missing persons' cases. A lot of those families refuse to move at the off chance of what if she does mm-hmm. come back or what if he comes back. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like people like Johnny Gosh's parents, they didn't move. They stayed there for 30-something years. Just hoping and
1: waiting. Um, in the 90s, there was a pond on the 6,000 acres that was drained, and deputies uh, pulled up a rolled-up carpet. And it was found later that there was nothing in the carpet and there was no reason for anyone at the time to keep the carpet so the carpet no longer exists. Could the carpet have carried her body to the pond? Could her carpet have carried her body somewhere else? Either body. You know, you won't know because the carpet was not kept. One of the other odd situations was that I want to say it was a week or a month before or after Annette went missing there was actually a custody hearing to determine whether or not Karina was going to be given custody of Annette full custody this is in Karina's disappearance I apologize so basically let me back up There was a court hearing to determine whether Karina's family were going to be given custody of Annette, which was scheduled for the week following Annette's disappearance. So Karina's family had reached out since Karina was not Stephen's biological daughter, and they were asking to have custody of Annette since Karina had gone missing. And that hearing was scheduled for the next week But, unfortunately, Annette disappears. Now, it is speculated, and it is with high speculations, that Steve did not want her appearing in court or being given the opportunity to talk because he was afraid that she would incriminate him either with the possibility of Annette knowing about her mother's fate Or the fact that she would tell someone that she had been sexually abused at the hands of Stephen. The two boys were so young that they really do not remember Karina as their mother. I want to say the oldest one was three and the youngest one was two. And it was very odd that he just, after this disappearance takes and relocates his family to Tampa, Florida. He would basically, and depending on which, I guess side of the family you talk to, either A he abandoned his two sons and they were put into foster care or he gave up his parental rights. Then this big pile of steaming dog shit remarries and has four more children and is still a drug addict. Good Lord, man. And reportedly, you know his what? first wife that he said, and his daughter from his first marriage, that he states was killed in a fire, never happened. So, red flag number four. I, just, I have no sympathy for people like him, at all. And if you're listening, find us at MysteriousBruce at
0: com. <laughs> Yeah, please, for the love of God, direct all hate
1: (laughs) to there. To Arlo. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't bring me into this. (laughs) I'm not
0: responsible for what I say on here.
1: But, again, that's basically the facts of the case. There's not a whole lot to go on. And, depending on which message board you go to... You're looking at a situation, and I. this is going to come across wrong, but we have discussed this in the past. She is Caucasian, but she is not a upper crust Caucasian to be locked into the missing white woman syndrome.
0: She white trash, is that what you're trying to say?
1: I'm saying that she is borderline. She well, worked at a convenience store. Her yeah. husband was a caretaker on a plantation.
0: Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. No, Absolutely. that's an honest living. Yeah, it ain't much, but it's, but honest it's an honest work. living. It's honest work.
1: And I feel like that she was from, originally she was from Iowa, I think. And with her family being so far away, they couldn't keep her face and this case in the, in the media's attention. And anything that you've ever seen about missing people is the more you can keep this case relevant the more you can keep the the press you know involved the better off you have of solving the case and that's one reason i i feel like that this has gone unsolved for so long is because no one was there i mean he picks up and takes his two sons to tampa florida from south carolina i mean you go from the atlantic to the gulf and probably 12 hours away so one thing that I did stumble across was in April of 2013, on WebSluice, one of the brothers actually found the thread of this case and reached out to the people that were posting on it. And his name is Thomas. No, I apologize. He goes by Tommy, and he is the oldest son. His younger brother is James. And I will quote, this is what he wrote on Websleuths. says, I have a current update on this case. I am one of the prior sons of Thomas Stephen Malinowski, a.k.a. Steve. I no longer refer to myself as his son and have not since he gave up his rights as a parent. I go by Tommy. I am the oldest. My brother is James. And James is the one that contacted our half-sister, Steve's daughter, in regards to a genealogy post. My half-sister keeps contact with us on a frequent basis. James and I are still looking for our mother, Karina. We also have another half-sister that is another one of Steve's daughters that lives in Louisiana. So Steve had two daughters with two separate women prior to James and I being bored. Annette was with Karina when he was... When they were born. Now Steve is married to yet another woman that lives in Florida, and they have three more kids. Good Lord. And he man. states in his first post in April of 2013, if anyone has any possible leads, please let me know. And so for him to find the thread on Web Sleuths, I thought was a huge deal. And so they made him a verified... They found the administration of the board. Mm-hmm. They made him a verified member. He went through all the background checks. So this is not someone... Yeah, this is legit. The, yeah. The guy. He would go on to state, and this is all All of this takes place in, uh, I want to say it starts in April, around April the 3rd of 2013, and it goes as far as April 23rd of 2013 with the post. There's like 17 pages, and yeah, I looked at all 17 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Slow week at work, my Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of meetings this week. <laughs> Um, He would go on to state in a separate post that I am glad people are still posting on my mother and my stepsister's case. I do not remember anything about that day. I do remember living on the plantation when I was younger. I always had a gut feeling that I had an older sister that was in the house with James and I. But James and I were adopted when I was 16 and it was in 1988, Steve relinquished his rights as a parent. We were in foster homes in a large group home. And When she disappeared, I believe I was four. I do remember moving and living with an older couple in Florida when Steve was still around. I'm sure this was his parents. We moved shortly after this to the projects of Tampa. You have one of her brothers reaching out trying to keep this alive on Web Sleuths. And I will say, you know, hats off to him, you know, kudos to him to try to find out what is going on. If you follow this case, there's a lot of Facebook pages out there that are run by some people that are not directly related to the family. There's also, I want to say around 2014, 2015, there was someone that. Some people thought looked like Karina and looked like Annette on Facebook, but it was later found that they were no relation. They did DNA tests and everything. And so, you know, unfortunately, those two ladies are still missing. Going back to Tommy's post on Websleuths, he would state, this is our story, talking about his brother James and himself, and he states, James and I asked to go to a friend's house. Steve was in the bathroom and said, "Yes, I'll be here in a second. Needless to say, he never showed up. Our friend's mother called the police around twelve or one in the morning, and they came and pick us up, picked us up. I tried to tell them I thought I knew where he might be, but they would not listen and said they were running out of time and had to return to the station. James and I spent the night in a cell. And had a midnight snack. We woke up the next morning on our way to our first foster home. They soon packed up, moved out of state, and we were, and we then went to the next foster home. It was soon after this that we started having supervised visits with Steve. This did not last long as he gave up his parental rights. Again, a huge piece of flaming shit. For you to relinquish your rights now, as a now. parent...
0: As we've learned from our past experiences, we don't know exactly how people are going to feel about hearing that. So,
1: Well, if you relinquish your parental rights to your two sons, you're a piece of shit. There may be extenuating circumstances. Yeah, his drug habit. Again, focus all hate mail to our love. <laughs> yeah, I, now, learned,
0: I learned my lesson. I'm very, 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 very sorry.
1: James became known as the problem child and I was the goody two shoes so for the next three foster homes we were together at first he would leave after the foster family had enough of him and he would go to a home for problem children James and I would meet up when I moved on to the next foster home the Department of Child Services was trying to keep us together I think but in our case it didn't work out too well we finally moved to a group home that was family oriented and had six homes on the campus that varied in age groups per home we were there together for four and a half years in that time we met one family that was going to adopt both of us but when it came down to it they backed out i'm sure it was because of pressure that was being put on them by the home we were living and possibly by child services About a year before we left there, we met another family, and they fought for us in succeeding and adopting both of us. James and I both served in the U.S. Marines. He did two tours in Iraq, and I did three. We were both honorably discharged for our services. He did do some college, but he has not found his niche in life yet because he cannot make up his mind. This is because there is so much that he wanted to do. Currently, he is doing well, and I talk to him on a weekly basis when I was done in the Marines, I started college and just recently graduated with my bachelor's in computer sciences. We both keep in constant contact with each other and our half-sister. In previous posts, and this is referring to that he has linked their social media sites, and he is starting to do some investigating on his own. Like I stated, this was in April of 2013. And they have posted some pictures of Karina and Annette, and some age progression on Annette, and then he st- closes this one post with, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. I'm always trying to keep the lines of communication open. I am looking for more information on my sister and my mother. You know, for him to put his story out there like that, I mean, that, I think that says a lot about his character. He, He had every opportunity to turn into a piece of shit like his dad yeah but didn't absolutely i mean he at, at that age for you to go through multiple foster homes a backed out adoption and then to finally be adopted late in life i yeah. mean it, that says great things about them no doubt absolutely so we get into another post by her brother he states that i personally do not remember when Annette left, although I have seen the dates in various news articles, however, after speaking with some of the relatives of Steve and Karina, it is known that Steve and Karina fought frequently. And this is him stating that Corina did, in fact, hit Steve in the head with a cast iron skillet. Not a frying pan, but a cast iron by God skillet. So it was the wife that hit him? I thought yeah. you said it was the mother that hit him. No, it was the oh, wife. Oh, I must have missed Yeah, it. Annette's mother. Annette's mother. Yeah, Corinne. Oh, 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 see what I'm, saying? I'm sorry. I,
0: yeah, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I misunderstood.
1: So on that God night. Lord, though, man. With like, a fucking, I don't even care if it's one of them little ones. You hit somebody with a cast iron skillet? If you've ever picked a cast iron skillet up you know for a fact brother that's five six seven pounds and she was swinging it if she hit him hard enough to knock his ass out she probably thought she killed him but on the night that she left they did have a huge argument and she got mad went outside jumped in the car and drove the car to the edge of the plantation and was never seen again and that is the story that Tommy always got from Steve. In another post, he says that after Annette's disappearance, this is the story he received. As everybody knows, we moved to Florida, Steve, my brother, and I, to live with our grandparents. I do remember living with an older couple when I was younger, and Steve was still around. It did not last long because we moved again. We were living in the projects with Steve. One day, my brother and I asked Steve if we could go to a friend's house. He was in the bathroom and said verbatim, yes, I'll be over in a second. He never showed up late that night or really early is when the friend's mom called the cops. And we kind of touched on this earlier in a previous post of his. It goes on to state that Tommy and his brother <clears throat> excuse me, went through four foster homes and one group home together. And his brother was actually diagnosed with ADD or ADHD and put on medication. Now, during the stay at the second foster home is when Steve relinquished his parental rights. And after 1989, both Tommy and his brother, James, have only spoken to Steve on one occasion. And that was calling to see if Steve would give them any information about Karina or if there was any family medical history that they should know about. They were officially adopted in 1988 and they were told by their new parents that the state of Florida was still paying for Steve's rehabilitation bills. You sure you don't want to change your opinion on this piece of shit? (laughs) Well, I mean, it ain't looking good for him. Let's just put it that way.
0: Whether or not he
1: is clean and sober to this day is really none of my business, and I really do not care and don't want anything to do with him unless I absolutely have to get information from him. I will not contact him. It ain't looking too good. He goes on to state that Steve has many children. Once again, Annette has no biological relation to Steve. Steve had two daughters with two different women before marrying Karina, and he married her in Texas. So Steve and Karina had Tommy and James. After giving up his rights, he found another woman, married her, we're talking about Steve, and now has three kids from that woman, two more sons, and a daughter. Someone on WebSleuths asked Tommy about the domestic violence and if he remembered anything. And he states in this post, I do not particularly know anything about the domestic violence. I do not remember my mother at all, nor do I remember seeing or hearing any fights or arguments. Again, he was the oldest, and I think he was three. He does know from being told from his aunts and uncles on Karina's side that Karina and Steve both fought and argued on a regular basis. Again, I just I don't get it. You know, but thank God. You know, I, again, I will go out there and say, thank God these two boys, which are now grown men, turned out and are productive citizens because they could have easily fallen into that cycle where they are drug abusers and. Womanizers. And and, anyone anyone
0: that has done that
1: deserves to be commended. I mean, yeah, I mean, you break the cycle. You were into a situation that wasn't even a cycle, but you could have easily started that. Yeah, no doubt. You could have watched your father and then just perpetuated that. Now, the next post that had any relevance from Web Sleuths was from March of 2018. And again, Tommy would, would post after her death. Diff- disappearance, and we are now talking about Annette. After Annette's disappearance, she called the family a few times. These calls started as quickly as they ended. When she did call, she would whisper into the phone. She also sounded like she was covering up the handset to further mask her voice with others in the house. Family would try to find her, her location Calls were always short because someone was always coming and she would hang up. Family is pretty certain that it was her. It is apparent that she was taken and trying to get away. Now, that is an extremely, I would say, as just a family member, that has to be heartbreaking to know for a fact that that's her on the other line. And they state, you know, with certainty that that was her calling. That she was always trying, she always couldn't find time to tell him where she was at. And that's got to be heartbreaking. So, you know, from a family standpoint, that's just gut-wrenching. Touching on another key point was the car. And this was Karina's car. And uh, Tommy would state that he was told by family members that the doors were found open, but apparently the paper reported that the doors were locked. We'll touch on this a little bit here because if they find her car with the doors locked and it's buttoned up, then it looks like she just walked away. Mm-hmm. But if they find her car with the doors open, all the doors open, then that would lead you to believe that there was well, so either somebody's trying to search through it to find something, or yeah, she was trying to, you know, she was trying to escape from one door to the other side of the car. Maybe. You know, it, Or maybe she was purposely misleading. True. It, it, it could be anything.
0: But all the doors open is certainly extremely suspicious.
1: Tommy would go on to state that there had been some confusion about Steve's checkered marital past. And so he would state that wife number one and the daughter that he supposedly had in that relationship is the one that Steve claimed died in a house fire. But that was a complete and utter lie. Wife number two, and this is what he's been told, Steve actually divorced and had no contact with that daughter. Yeah, I'm starting to change my opinion on this guy. I was about to say, you're going to come around to Daddy's Wet. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Wife number three was Karina, who brought Annette with her into that relationship. And Annette's not Steve's daughter. However, Annette was born out of wedlock with someone that Karina knew in high school. And they had Tommy and James. Wife number four, and this is his current wife as of 2018, He has three kids, one that recently graduated high school. So, in the words of Ron White, when you get to wife number five, you might want to look in the mirror and say the problem might be me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we quote Ron White an awful lot. Yeah, we do. He's a wise man. He's a very wise man. I can't stress this enough. You know, I'm glad that Tommy is reaching out trying to keep his uh, his mother's disappearance out there. He would go on to state somewhere, I want to say it was earlier this year in 2019, that he felt like there was a little bit of leeway being made on the case, but he didn't want to rush anything. They had chased down he his brother, and one of his stepsisters from uh, previous marriage would kind of chase down some leads, and, and he would... Tommy would go on and state that you know, unfortunately you know, they all panned out to be wrong. Um, Now, that's basically it. I mean, that is bringing you up to 2018 and then touching on a little bit of stuff that has come to light in 2019. This is an odd case. Um, You know, you're looking at just on the, just at face value you have a husband and wife that get into an argument. You have two young sons under the age of three. You have an 11 year old daughter. She gets so mad that she has to get in the family car and drive away to calm down and then she's never seen again.
0: Yeah, we, we spoke a whole lot about the husband and his characteristics and we've Basically established that at the very least he's not a very good husband. (laughs) At the very least, not a very good father. No, but we really need to focus on what happened to these two. Like, where did they go? What? Why have they not been seen again? Is is the Is it enough to suspect him of foul play? Because he's just a bad person. Can we can we suspect that he killed her and a year later killed his daughter? You know, it,
1: one is, of the... Is it enough? Is yeah. it, being being a horrible person, is it enough to be suspected of murder? Well, and Tommy would go on in previous posts and state that he didn't think that Steve had the mental fortitude to carry out something like that. He said that Steve, basically he said Steve's just not smart enough to hide two bodies and, and keep quiet. But that is the prevailing, one of the prevailing theories online is that Steve had a hand in both disappearance. If you were the groundskeeper, though, for a 6,000-acre property, that's going to make you even more. Well, my question next
0: would be, why those two? He's got several wives, several, several children, why is it just these two that are the chosen ones to be disposed of? So right. To speak?
1: Yeah, I don't know what did she do to
0: well, well, e- well, I mean, even if uh Karina had done something so horrible in his eyes that she needed to be disposed of, why the daughter? What yeah. what could have what could have she
1: possibly done? The only thing that I can think of is maybe the fact that he she wasn't his. Well, the, I guess the fact that she wasn't his, then you have uh, Karina's family trying to take custody, and then well, I mean, maybe she, maybe there was some kind of allegation of sexual misconduct between the two of them.
0: And you, you think he he may have disposed of her to keep quiet, keep her quiet from?
1: Yeah, I, I listened to uh, okay a, an episode. Uh,
0: well, that makes more sense than just anything else because you say, well, I mean, he just didn't want to take care of her. Well, he didn't want to take care of his sons either. And he, he relinquished, gave up, yeah. Yeah, he relinquished custody. He could have done the same thing to her.
1: Right. He could have not fought the custody hearing that was supposed to take place a week before. Yeah. Or not. Yeah, a week after she went disappearing. Hmm. Went di- went, she went disappearing a week <laughs> after she disappeared. Oh. It's an easy drinking lager. <laughs> yeah, for sure. goes down smooth. <laughs> but anyway, that is the pre- one of the prevailing theories. There's two theories out there. Either A, she did, or he Steve did, you know, get rid of the mother. And then he tells the daughter, his stepdaughter and the two sons, she just run away. We can't find her. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And then... Like that one article states, you know, 318 days later, please do not misconstrue what I'm about to say. But within that 318 days, he could have used the grieving process of poor Annette to be a sexual deviant. And what I'm stating is, he could have, she was vulnerable because her mother had disappeared. And from what I could research, He came into her Annette's life when she was six. And so she really only knew Steve as a father figure. Mm -hmm. And so in that grieving process, he could have used her vulnerability to sexually mistreat her. Which makes him an even bigger piece of shit in my eyes. But the other theory is there was so much domestic violence that Karina... Said, "Fuck it, I'm out." That's the that's
0: the one that I'm gonna I, I'm gonna side with. And the I thing, want to believe. I do too. That she escaped a bad situation, came back and got her daughter, and she fled and made a new life. I want to believe
1: that, but what keeps me from believing that is the fact she left her sons behind. And I read some things that stated, and even Tommy, I think and I, I didn't quote everything from web sleuths but i think tommy states on the web sleuths board that at the time it could have been a situation where she came back and had a plan to get all three of them but something happened to where he was still at the house and so she had to wait for Annette to walk to the bus stop and she got Annette and so was just
0: basically settled for one. Right. And was, and
1: had plans to come back for the other maybe. two, but that opportunity never presented itself. God, that just, I mean, maybe, but. But as a parent, that would break my heart. I mean, knowing I couldn't get all my kids out of a, a bad situation. Yeah. Well,
0: maybe, I mean, maybe she did. And then real, and then at some point realized that he put them in foster care and
1: yeah that she couldn't get to him once they moved to florida she yeah, may have not yeah. had any means i she was working at a convenience store well, so
0: well maybe she did and she saw that they were in foster care and they'd been adopted and they got a new life and whatever and she's just like okay well as long as they're away from him she felt better about she it. felt better about the situation
1: and they were so young like tommy had stated on some of those posts that he just He has no recollection of her. He has no memory of what her face looks like. I also want to believe that if that is the case, that she would have somehow tried to get in contact with both of those young men now to let them know that she didn't abandon them. Tommy would state in another post that he doesn't blame Karina for if Karina did come back and you know, only taking that. Um, and I think that's one way that you have to look at it. He's holding out hope that they're that they both are still alive. Now, another Web Sleuth post and I please forgive me. There was seventeen pages. I don't remember everybody's name. But whoever it was said that even though Steve had been a father figure in Annette's life the note stated, Dad, Mama came back. Does anyone know if Annette really called Steve Dad? And I know on face value that there's nothing significant about it, but I know, having my own stepfather, that I called him Stepdad. And Annette was young enough that they she may have usually called Steve by Dad, or she may have re- referred to him as stepdad, or as Steve. And she goes on to state that, I know this is insignificant, but if she didn't address him as dad in day-to-day life, that may be her little way of letting Steve know that she was taken. Hmm. And that is a good point. Yeah, very good point. And I think that that is uh, something that could easily be fact-checked. Go find his dumbass in Florida and ask him. Did she call you dad, or did she call you Steve, or did she call you stepdad? Now he may have fried so many brain cells he couldn't tell you. He was a known, like I stated, cocaine meth user. Dabbled in the old marijuana.
0: Well, if you're doing, if you're doing meth and coke, why and not? Meth, you're definitely gonna do marijuana. Not saying it's a gateway drug, <laughs> but. But if it is a it is a if, cheaper alternative to those two. If you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. That's brother. right, baby. If you're gonna do meth and coke.
1: Now this is, and this is gonna take a little bit to go through. But this is another theory that is borderline that Karina did come back for. If you just look at the note, it is an extremely odd situation because if her mother. Just happened to pull up unexpectedly at the bus stop and surprised Annette. Would she have time to write a note? Because her teacher stated that she well, maybe, was unhappy. Well, maybe that's why she was under duress, quote unquote duress, because she did it in a hurt. Well, but if she was unhappy, would she even leave him a note? And that goes back to my first thing. Did she call him dad? she called him stepdad? What was their relationship? So even if Karina had asked Annette to write the note, was there enough time between when Karina pulled up and the bus pulled up? Because if you think about it, she hadn't seen her mother in almost a full calendar year. So Karina pulls up. She looks up. There's her mom that she's not seen in a year. And there would have been that immediate run to the car, jump in, hug, kisses, da 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 And then all of a sudden, write your dad a note, and you're looking at, there might be, what, 20 minutes? 10 minutes before the bus gets there? Because she's not going to walk to the bus stop and sit there for a half an hour.
0: Well, I mean, how long does it take to pick somebody up? Again, I I would default back to maybe that's why they say that it was written under duress. What's the difference between being under duress and being in a hurry? True. This... It's going to alter... I promise you, my my handwriting is atrocious.
1: It's going to be even worse if I'm but in a hurry. But when I'm in a hurry, yeah. it
0: is damn near uh, impossible, to, impossible. You're to a read.
1: doctor at that point. Yeah. yeah. Only I can decipher it. Can decipher it. Yeah. yeah. Now, it could be that somehow Karina had let Annette know that she was coming at some time to get her. And that then the note was pre-written. But, like you stated, if it was pre-written, it wouldn't be under dress.
0: And you're going to trust a six-year-old to keep a secret?
1: Oh, I agree with a, you. Doesn't?
0: Okay, it's predetermined when she's going to come get her. A, you're expecting a six-year-old to keep a... I mean, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. An 11-year-old. Yeah. My fault. My fault. You're expecting an 11-year-old to keep a secret for 11 months, and you're expecting an 11-year-old to remember the exact day?
1: Well, and the other thing that's that I,
0: expecting a
1: lot yeah, if you from ask an eleven-year-old, yeah, it is. And the other thing that I have a problem with is where was Karina's family in this? I know they were from Iowa, but Steve had no legal rights to that child. They yeah. could have stepped in and taken that child. Where were they during that three hundred eighteen days that she was missing? That's a great point. Great point. Who was fighting for Annette? Because you know, I go back to that teacher saying that she was very unhappy.
0: I well, just, mom disappeared. How could you not? Uh, how could you not be unhappy?
1: You know? I mean, that's a normal thing. And if Steve's so incompetent, who's helping him take care of an 11-year-old and two boys under the age of three? I'm not saying that Annette wouldn't be capable of taking care of her younger brothers, but at the same time, you would think there would be someone that would come around to help Steve take care of three children, basically, in the year that his wife disappeared. According to law enforcement, according to some witness testimony, there's a 20-minute window from the time, the last time she was seen to the time the bus came. But I still, that still is a lot of time, in my opinion. Why would... I'm going to answer my own question, but first I'll pose it. Why would a young lady at 11-year-old walk to the bus stop and wait 20 minutes? Now, my answer to that would be because she can't stand her stepfather and she wants to get out of the house as fast as she can. Or Or maybe the bus is not
0: on a set schedule. Maybe some days it's there a little early. Maybe some days it's there a little
1: late, and she just wants to make sure she's out there ready for it, you know. And if he was an addict at the time, between the time the mom disappeared and and Annette disappeared, she could have been, there could have been any type of person hanging out at the house. You know, and it may be one of those where she just gets up and goes to school I'm getting away from this goofy, these goofy people that my dad keep bringing in they're doing drugs all night. I just... I don't know. It's extremely... It's just an extremely odd situation.
0: It's very odd. We have two people that have disappeared and they're never seen again. I don't think you get... The only way to get more odd than that is the fact that they were mother and daughter and the fact that they disappeared 11 months apart
1: at the same exact spot. That's insane. Well, and what kept Steve from moving to Florida after... Karina disappeared. Why did it all of a sudden after Annette disappeared that he just picks up stakes and runs to Florida? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. That does nothing but
1: lead me to more suspicions about him. It's just the whole... I don't know. What if... And this is just me thinking out loud. What if for some reason he kills her or he's pissed off the wrong drug dealer and a drug dealer kills her. And poor little Annette either overhears a conversation or she's in a room that Steve didn't know she was in and he's talking about, hey, so-and-so killed my daughter or killed my wife and then he realizes Annette heard it and then he's got to keep her quiet and he kills her and then he picks up and leaves. I don't know, I just... The only thing that I go back to with him killing her, why would he allow her to, first, why would he, if something happened, it would have had, she would, Annette would have had to find out the information, I would say, within days of her going missing, as opposed to her knowing something at the moment her mother disappeared. Yeah. You know, why all of a sudden are you gonna kill the daughter a year later? Yeah. That's a good the point. second thing would be if he did have something to do with Annette's disappearance, why are you gonna let her walk to the bus stop unless you know there's certain people that travel that route so it kinda of gives the perception of a disappearance. But again, we don't answer anything around here. <laughs> We just posed more questions.
0: Shit! Yeah, the only time we tried to answer something, it got us in trouble.
1: Yeah, we did. <laughs> that's it, boys and girls. I mean, that's that's all I got. What I mean, we've kind of tiptoed around both of our theories. That there's nothing, nowhere else to go. Like you stated, I, I want to believe Mom came back and got her, but there's I a wanna, lot of I circumstantial evidence that says that I something. Do
0: want to believe, but man, you you're gonna leave your two sons behind. That's just so far from the It is. But it is. I, I I like the thing that you said that maybe she had a plan to get them all and it didn't work out and she just took the daughter and fled because it is true, you come out of hiding once and, and you take your daughter back because the two sons were with the father or whatever, it's going to be real hard to come out of hiding again.
1: Well, and I know that back... In the late 80s, early 90s, if you went to a battered women's shelter, Mm -hmm. they basically put you in a witness protection program. Mm. And, you know, they tell you to cut all communications off with your previous life. Maybe, maybe Karina couldn't do that because she knew Annette was with someone that wasn't truly family. And so she risked it all to come back and get her.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, that's the only other plausible thing I can come up with. But we've danced around this bear all episode long, but we have finally made it, I guess we're worldwide, because we got our first hate mail from our episode on Billie Jean Phillips. Yeah. And unfortunately, there has been someone... Well, distantly related to Billie Jean that has expressed her disdain for what we said. Well, we
0: got positive feedback from a first cousin.
1: And we got positive feedback from the man that recommended the case. He felt like that we, we presented the case with facts and a little bit of conjecture. I did go back and listen to it. There are a couple of things... In that episode, if you've not listened to it, that are our thoughts. But again, they're our thoughts. You know, I I, I really don't see where we kind of, we overstep boundaries in that situation. This young well, lady. There
0: were a few things that I. That you I, regret saying. I regret saying and regret how I worded them. And, you know, some, in some ways we, we get caught up in the case and we get caught up in what we're. What we're covering, and we lose sight of the fact that these are real people with real family members and real consequences. You know, this is—we're not dealing with movies. We're not dealing with
1: yeah. These are real life people. And real life, life people, families.
0: and I do apologize if I offended any of the family members, but I was merely trying to state that the woman had to have something special about her. For her to do the things that she was doing,
1: and to control,
0: still have control over the men in her life, like there had to be something intoxicating about the woman, because to do the things that she'd done, and men still pine over her and
1: and marry her. Yeah, she you know it's it's, it it was very. She had a, obviously she had an intoxicating personality. Exactly. We did issue a statement and an apology to the offended party. And it was not, I guess, to her liking.
0: Up to her satisfaction. Uh, Yeah,
1: up to her satisfaction. Which is okay. Which is fine. She's, you know, she is entitled to her opinion. But that is her opinion. We, you know, there was nothing else that we can do. You know, unfortunately, her differing opinion is in the minority, but like we stated in our apology directly to her, you know, we are sorry for the way that it was taken. We will do better in making sure that we keep in mind that these people that we talk about, except for Steve, and I still think he's a well, piece of we, shit.
0: We have to just keep sight of the fact that they're real people with with family members, and regardless... Of whether or not they're the victim, whether or not they're the perpetrator, there are still people out there that care about them. That is true. And With we, that said, and we'll we'll show a little more tact in the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we really will. We will try to keep that in the in the back of our minds. With that said, how about some recommendations of the week? I will go out and I'm going to take your YouTube. Oh. Uh, One of the, is it Carly Elise? Kaylee Elise. Kaylee Elise did an episode, uh, maybe a short one, but she did do an episode on this case.
0: Yeah, I watched it several times in preparation for this case.
1: And I will say that uh, I recommend, if you want, some higher quality research.
0: (laughs) Here's the thing about, uh, we mentioned her before and I did recommend her and she, she stepped away from, she stepped away from YouTube. Because they demonetized all her things. If you look at her page, she's got like a half a million subscribers. Yeah. Half a million people subscribing to her content, and she can't make any money. Everything's demonetized. Something's wrong with YouTube's algorithm. I know that they're under scrutiny
1: for various things, but... There's another lady that I had... I had watched when I got interested in the West Memphis 3, and her name's Stephanie Harlow, and she does a great job. Mm-hmm. She, I think she just had her either 100,000th subscriber or 1,000,000th. So she received a beautiful crystal plaque. I have not I seen... I think you
0: get the crystal plaque at 100,000, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know what
1: you get at a million. I have not seen... I've not seen anything where she's been demonetized because that's her—that's her only outlet. She only puts her cases on YouTube, well, and it's—they
0: it's, they demonetize certain words, certain phrases, and things in the title to try to, I guess, discourage radicalization of certain individuals. Which, you know, potato—it's understandable. Potato. But
1: Haters gonna hate. Potatoes gonna potate. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: understandable, but still, it's just.
1: It's it's sad because there was a lot of people out there that we followed before we started this that had a lot of great content. Oh, my God. Night
0: Terrors, man. I love Night Terrors. And he stopped making content except uh, a few weeks ago he did a live show and did like three hours just out of nowhere. Um, I watched a little bit of it, but it's not the same. When they're doing a live show.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It, it's not the same as no. when
0: they're doing their prepared content. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, Night Terrors was an amazing channel. Kaylee Elise is an amazing channel. That are both dead. Yep. Because of what YouTube has done.
1: It is. It's <laughs> it's a shame. It is. But when you listen to this, it will be past Turkey Day. But we hope everyone has had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Please take time. Wait,
0: wait, wait. wait. I'm not, I'm not gonna get the recommend. Well, I
1: thought you just recommended a bunch of YouTube shit.
0: No. <laughs> I was talking shit about YouTube. <laughs> I didn't recommend.
1: I'm sorry, coach. Go ahead with your recommendation.
0: I don't have anything. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm just playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Um my 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 recommendation is going to be a weird little page that I didn't even realize I had subscribed to. But uh I was looking through some stuff and it's mostly a conspiracy page. It's called Blame It On Jorge. Really? <laughs> yeah. Which is a great name for a little page, but yeah, blame it on Jorge. The reason why I found his page is it came up on my recommendations, like, and then I clicked on it and I realized it was actually something I subscribed to. It was a thing on a Dan Schneider. Yes. Do you know who that is? Yes. Who is that?
1: It's Dan Schneider.
0: (laughs) What did Dan Schneider do?
1: It wasn't he the underground, or is that Phil Schneider? Schneider. So
0: I I apologize. Boy, that's close enough.
1: Dan Phil. Dan
0: Schneider was a producer of many, many shows on Nickelodeon. And it was a uh, little video about his scandal at Nickelodeon. He was fired out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's rumored that he was a pedophile, so...
1: Well, there's a lot of those rumors going around.
0: Well, yeah, that's. I think that's why it was recommended. I think I was looking up hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself.
1: I will. All right. So and, chasing this route for just a second. <laughs> I'm not a big Pierce Morgan fan, but some dumbass got on his show across the pond and tried to say that the prince had solicited sex from a nine-year-old. It wasn't pedophilia. And Pierce, wait, wait, wait. yes, you heard me correctly. It wasn't that's what she's trying to tell Pierce. Pierce crucifies this lady to the point where, like, I'm cheering him on. Well, I really don't like Pierce Morgan at all.
0: We're not going to state the name of the prince because we don't want to end up like fucking Danny Castellaro. Right. <laughs> I like Jake breathing Morgan. Yeah, I like breathing. I'm going to stay on this planet as long as
1: I can. But my diet says otherwise. Yeah. But my liver may say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say Pierce crucified that lady. He goes, you by definition if you solicit sex from a 9-year-old, you are a pedophile. And so I just want to take the moment to say It's like
0: that same fucking uh same article with Billie Jean, they're like she took her first lover at 15. First of fucking all, that guy was 23. She didn't take him any fucking. Way. He took her. Right.
1: 15-year-old ain't taking a lover. No, and it goes back to the whole thing of child prostitution. There's no such thing. You are a child or you are a prostitute. You can't be a child prostitute. I don't give a shit. But anyway, I know it sounds like I got rocks in my mouth, but She Coach made these amazing brownies, and I let the caramel harden, and it's amazing. (laughs) So with that said, (laughs) we're going to go back and eat some more cinnamon rolls. We're good. Yeah.
0: You said brownies, but they are cinnamon rolls. Brownies, cinnamon rolls, whatever the hell. They're homemade cinnamon rolls, and they are delicious. They are amazing.
1: We're going to go eat some more of those and drink some more beer, and we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And... You got anything? (gasps) Deuces!